Welcome to the KPMG Tax Now podcast. In this podcast, we explore some of the more complex matters across tax, economics, regulation, and compliance. Each month, we meet with KPMG's foremost experts and other special guests to unpack key issues faced by taxpayers around the globe. Welcome to the Budget 2020. My name is Grant Wardell Johnson, and I am tax leader of the Economics and Tax Centre. And I'm joined this evening by Clive Bird from our Enterprise Group. I'm going to give you just a brief overview of where we are, and then Clive and I will have a discussion on the main issues in relation to both corporates and uh, enterprises um, generally. So the big highlight is that the underlying cash balance deficit for 2021 is $213.7 billion. It's $480 billion over the period of the forward estimates. Net debt peaks at about $966.2 billion in 2023-24. Real GDP um, declines in 2021, 2020 and 2021, um, and then uh, goes back up in 2021-22. The unemployment rate hits 7.25% in 2020-21. So that's um, overview as a, at a glance. In terms of the measures, the government's divided this into the response measures, which have been um, announced previously, and what they're calling the recovery measures, which are part of this budget. And there are five main recovery measures. There's accelerating personal um, income tax cuts. That's bringing forward basically the stage two tax cuts. There's a job maker hiring credit, a job trainer fund, and two important business measures. One is a write-off for expenses, and the other is a carryback of losses. And then there's also additional infrastructure stimulus package. Clive, how did, how did this work for your um, enterprises group? Uh, were you happy with the budget? Uh, largely, I was, Grant. I thought there were some really good measures in terms of things like the instant asset write-off and the temporary loss carry-back. You can see that this is very much a budget around getting the economy going, creating jobs, creating stimulus, um, looking to to grow the pie, which I think is um, very much what we need uh, in this next period as we approach, um, you know, potentially some some otherwise more difficult economic times. So I think that, you know, it's a budget that's got a lot of um, stimulatory uh, effect in it, which I think is, uh, is just what the doctor ordered for the for the foreseeable future. Because there's a fear that we might fall off a cliff after JobKeeper is due to end in March. And so this is really geared towards creating jobs, I suppose, in the short to medium term. If we look at the loss carryback, how does that work, Clive? And is that going to work for your clients for the most part? Or does it need to be um, larger than it is? Uh, look, I think the loss carryback measure is a great um, initiative by the government grant. And there's been talk about loss carrybacks for many years and the government has traditionally resisted that. Uh, What we see now is how this will work is that um, if you have a tax loss in the 2020 year, which is obviously the one just gone, which would have been absolutely impacted by um, COVID-19 and in fact, 21, 22, et cetera, you've got the ability to carry that loss back rather than taking it forward. Uh, What that means is that if you did pay income tax in the 2019 year, and if you've still got franking credits, you're able to carry that uh, 2020 or 2021 loss back 
and get a refund of tax you paid in 19. Um, so you can imagine that if you're a um, if you're a business that's really been affected by COVID-19, um, but you've been you know a successful business that's paid tax in prior years and in particular 2019. Uh, that would be a um, you know a great benefit to be able to get a refund of that prior year tax. Now, there's part of me, Grant, that thinks um, I wish you could go back a little bit further. I wish you could carry that loss back to 2018 or 17. But in fairness to the government, that might be a little bit greedy to ask for that. And just the ability to carry back one year and then carry back carry any balance forward, uh, I think, is a good measure. So note, Clive, there's this temporary full expensing measure. So from tonight at 7.30, that's 6th of October, until 30 June 2022, businesses with a turnover up to $5 billion will be able to deduct the full cost of eligible depreciable assets. So this is not, in some sense, an investment allowance, which creates a permanent difference in one's accounts. This is really a timing difference as it's um, depreciation, but it's it's full expensing. And that, uh, I suppose, is designed to stimulate investment and, and the flow on impact in relation to that, uh, a reasonably significant number of jobs. How utilised do you think that will be in the um, in small to medium sector? Uh, well, I think the government's done all they can. Um, my only reservation about it, Grant, will be that if economic conditions are um, you know, quite difficult in the mid-market, if, uh, if the economic conditions are tough, then um, mid-market clients might be uh, you know, less likely to invest in depreciable assets. Um, having said that, that's exactly what this is designed to motivate them to do. And, um, and the government's done uh, a good job in coming up with a useful measure. So um, this allows um, a 100% outright deduction up until June 2022, as you said, uh, and you can't do much more than um, give business an immediate deduction for a, a depreciable asset. So it's a good measure in that sense. Um, also worth noting that for businesses turning um, turning over between 50 million and 500 million, they can also get a deduction for secondhand depreciable assets up to 150,000. And for those turning over less than 50 million, they can get a um, deduction for any secondhand plant and equipment. So um, pretty generous measure and certainly one that, um, you know, that uh, should encourage some spending and some um, economic activity. So I think once again, um, well done to the government on, on that initiative. And I know the government's backtracked, and that might be the wrong word, a bit on R&D expenditure, at least they're in part reversing their previous position in relation to that. That seems very worthwhile to me in these circumstances. Again, how do you think that will affect your clients? R&D has become very much a mid-market issue in recent years in terms of the way the concession is structured. Uh, and there had been a $4 million cap on refunds that um, mid-market clients could get. And, and in that sense, I'm talking about entities that have got a turnover of less than $20 million. Um, they can get a refundable tax offset um, so that's going to be set now at 18.5% above the company tax rate. And there was going to be a $4 million cap on refunds um, available, but that has, um, that has been um, shifted. So um, I think that means that generally there'll be, there'll be more R&D tax concession available for um, smaller and mid-market clients. Um, we want to encourage innovation. We want to encourage spending and investment. Uh, and that, that ought to... Um, go uh, introduce a measure of that. So uh, once again, a good, um, a good change in the circumstances. 
And there's this new job maker hiring credit. So there are three elements, really. It's available to employers from the 7th of October for the next 12 months for each new job they create in that 12-month period for an eligible young person. And they're basically, if you're 16 to 29 years of age, you get 200 dollars a week or the employer gets $200 a week in relation to that individual and $100 a week from uh, those aged 30 to 35 years. And those eligible young job seekers must have been receiving job seeker payment. So that's a, a pretty significant measure. It's designed to support around 450,000 new positions for young people at a cost of about $4 billion, uh, over um, three years or the, the, the relevant years. So that's fairly significant. And to add another one, there's a job trainer program that's designed to support an additional 340,000 places with free or low fee training and boosting apprenticeships. So wage subsidy in relation to 100,000 new apprentices with a 50% wage subsidy with a cap of $7,000 per quarter. So Clive, will your clients be embracing these measures? I would think so. Once again, um, they sound um, you know, well-considered and, and quite generous. So I would anticipate that, um, that there would be um, scope to, um, for those measures to both boost economic activity, or well, in particular, you know, boost immediate employment. And then the more people we have employed, obviously, it um, increases spending and economic activity. So I would have thought that those measures, particularly the um, apprenticeship uh, measure with a 50% wage subsidy is um, is really quite generous, I would have thought. Uh, and the job maker hiring credit at $100 and $200, as you mentioned, um, all very useful incentives to uh, get employment uh, heading in the right direction. So the final area, that I'd like to discuss is the infrastructure stimulus. So the government's put in an additional $14 billion into infrastructure since the beginning of the COVID pandemic. Um, and so this stimulus can, continues. And the new measures are basically on a used or lose it basis for states. So they've got to actually um, get their act into gear to, to spend that money um, very quickly. And that's uh, said to support an additional 40,000 jo uh, jobs over the construction period, which is, again, quite significant. So they're the main measures for the recovery um, period announced tonight. There's a bit of a paradox here in my mind, and that is we're going through one of the most dramatic circumstances that Australia's seen probably since the Second World War. And many of these majors are not long-term complex tax reform or other reform changes, uh, rather they're measures that a government can introduce very, very quickly as a short-term stimulus. Now, it's very, very difficult to introduce reform in this environment and business would need to be occupied uh, with just managing their business. But in the longer term, we do need broader reforms. So I would like to see over the next two or three years, the government announced a package of, of um, broader reforms or at least a process um, by which we can get greater productivity gains in the longer term. Don't know what your thoughts, Clive, are in relation to, to that one. Yeah, agree. Uh, absolutely, Grant. I think if we could have um, longer term, broader based tax reform, um, that would be that would be very welcome. Um, and at the same time, as you intimated, I'm, I'm not surprised to see that it's not here today. 
um, I'm not surprised to see the government focused on you know growth, stimulus, jobs, um, economic activity, which um, which we see in this budget. Um, I think it's a um, it's it's very much a short term budget about you know really getting the Australian economy going um, over the next um, twelve year, twelve months and beyond. Um, and I think that the time for tax reform is is probably you know as you say. Um, perhaps uh, in another 12 months or 24 months uh, as we um, move into a situation where, um, you know, employment is in good shape, the economy is in good shape, We've, we'll then have a, a big debt to chase down. Uh, and then I think some, you know, broader, further looking, um, broad-based tax reform that would, um, that would sort of see us eat into that um, significant debt that we have now over a, a period of a number of, you know, many years would uh, make a lot of sense. So like you, I think the um, the immediate focus on jobs and the economy and, and getting things stimulated is, is, is great. And uh, hopefully we'll see some broader based tax reform down the line. Thanks very much, Clive. And I welcome the listeners to look at our website and we'll have in-depth coverage of all the measures in the budget. Enjoy the remainder of your evening or day. And thanks very much for listening. Thanks for listening to another episode of the KPMG Tax Now podcast. If you'd like to ask us a question, please send us an email at kpmgtaxnow at kpmg.com.au. Be sure to subscribe at kpmg.com forward slash au forward slash tax now or follow our LinkedIn page, KPMG Tax Now Insights. That's all for now. We look forward to sharing more insights with you soon.